Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. This is the story of the Watt. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now, you're multitasking. But what if you could also be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. So multitask right now. Get your quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. There's nothing better than leaving Lambeau with a victory. There's literally nothing better. But on the reverse side, there's nothing worse than losing there. And having to leave there. Like, so, what's that locker room like compared to what you have at Minnesota now? Yeah, it's, I mean, it's terrible. I mean, and the whole stadium's not nice. Yeah. You know, it's not. There's nothing fashion, fancy about it. Like, there's it's bleacher seats. Yeah. Well, we'll find out on Wednesday night when the folks at Lambeau Field will be able to give Adam Thielen a proper welcome back. He should hope it's as late in the season as possible, so maybe they'll forget. The comments that he made. Hey, guys, anytime you speak into a microphone, there's a chance it's going to get repeated. And uh, yeah, Man. the Green Bay Packers fans. Now, now, look, this is the perfect time to insult Lambeau Field because Packers fans are otherwise occupied wondering what the hell's happening with their quarterback. So I don't know. Maybe maybe Adam Thielen is operating extra next level, Chris. Well, I, I don't know what he's doing. I, I mean, first off, like I couldn't disagree more for that. Be the first. I mean, that's. This is like the pantheon of NFL football. I mean, this is the spot. Uh, it's it's Fenway Park. It's the old Yankee Stadium. Whatever you want to Wrigley Field. It's a special stadium. Yeah, there's bleachers there. No crap. Because Vince Lombardi was sitting there once, all right? Yeah, so it's, of course, they haven't updated those seats. But, man, that's a special, special stadium. It really is. To me, it's the coolest stadium in the league. When you get inside it, it's just got a special feel. The field seems smaller because of how much the stadium is on top of the field. Everything about it, the history, uh, it, it's really one of my favorites. Well, and it's just unique. And yes. they find ways to update it without ever having to replace it. And I'm sure they'll never replace it. And part of this push in the other cities is we need a new one, we need a new one, we need a new one. In Green Bay, no. We don't need anything other than the place we have, and there is something special about it. But I wouldn't expect a, a Viking or a bear or a lion to be as in awe of Lambeau Field as uh, others would be. And the Vikings have done all right there, 2-1-1 one, and one over the past four years at yeah. Lambeau Field. Yeah. Although, feeling given the Packers a little fuel for when they come back whenever it is this year. And the real question is, will Aaron Rodgers be playing any games 
at Lambeau Field this year as the quarterback of the home team. That still hovers over the Green Bay Packers organization less than two weeks into this curveball that we got on draft day that has continued to resonate. There's there's really nothing going on right now because there's nothing for him to skip. There's no news about anyone trying to trade for him. It's all just kind of in a holding pattern. But one of the things that's come up, Chris, over the course of the last week or so, basically that Aaron Rodgers should be happy where he is, that the team around him is better than than people would otherwise say that it is and that uh, maybe the grass isn't any greener somewhere else. And maybe Aaron Rodgers is one of the reasons why they only have one Super Bowl over the past 16 years. So let's take a closer look position by position at the Packers roster and, and, and then we'll, we'll give it an objective, fair assessment as to whether or not this team uh, is, is holding him back from being a guy that has more pelts on the wall or on the horse depending upon what your preferred iteration of that statement would be. Let's start with the receivers. They've got Devontae Adams, Alan Lazard, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, Amari Rogers, the rookie, Equinemius St. Brown, Devin Funches, who opted out last year, and then at tight end, Robert Tunyon and Mercedes Lewis. Where does that group rank? And I look, it's, there's no calculator you can punch numbers into and, and get a reliable answer, but just looking at that entire group, where are they? Top third, middle third, lower third of the NFL. I, I mean, th- th- this is like, you know, it's it's pretty easy, really, when you break it down. And we're going to do it right here. It's average. It's an average group. It's in the middle third, in the middle of the middle third of football. That's what it is. I mean, listen, we can sit. Who who are we writing home about? Who we? I mean, yeah, Devontae Adams. Okay. Everybody else is solid. Do you want me to name all the other teams with more dangerous weapons at receiver than the Green Bay Packers? Because it's easy. I could do that. Oh, no. Marquez Valdez-Scanling's coming to town with his 33 receptions? Oh, no. Defenses are quivering in their boots. Oh, my gosh. Mercedes Lewis? And, I mean, not to disrespect these guys, but, like, I'm really trying to dis- As you disrespect Well, no, them. I'm disrespecting the idiots on social <laughs> media who are trying to go, like, oh, the team around them is pretty special. Oh, yeah? All nine receptions for 67 yards in both playoff games from Devontae Adams? Why? Nobody double-teamed him. I mean, what? what? Like, that's where it, you know, people are insane with this. These are Rodgers haters coming out. You, you say what you want. Rodgers being a baby or whatever else, all those type of things. You can't realistically look at this group and have a clue about football and sit here and tell me you think that's a top 10 group in the league, let alone – you know, top five or special or very green grass group. Like, get the hell out of here with that. Haven't we seen on multiple occasions that Devontae Adams comes out of the gates having a big game and then the defense pivots to taking him away and and that's it? <laughs> well, he's a you, good re- – you, you, take, you take him away and what do they have? Well, yeah, and he's a good receiver, but he's not a great receiver. Again, when Chris Sims does his top ten receivers rankings this year again, he will not be in the top five. He will not. He's really good. I messed up last year. He should have been in the top 10, but somewhere around seven, eight, nine, or 10. He's not the kind of guy that like Jalen Ramsey is like, oh no, I'm in trouble this week. No, he's like, no, I got it. Don't worry, guys. Yeah, he might catch some passes where they run a few picks for him and he gets a six yard completion when I'm in man to man, but whatever. He's a really good route runner. His greatness is predicated on a guy that throws laser beams that stick on his numbers everywhere. That's the greatness of him. 
But you go through the rest of the group, Mike. And again, Robert Tunyon, there's a lot of good there. I like it. Scantling has a role. But it's all a role that is predicated on Rodgers being amazing that makes them good. That's where I just won't go go off of it. And, Mike, I mean, listen, here, let's just real quick, like real quick just for the exercise because all the people out there, because I saw it too. Ooh, his weapons are better than you're giving him credit for. Okay, here we go. Not as good as Kansas City, not as good as Buffalo, not as good as the Vikings, really not as good as Arizona, not as good as Tampa Bay, not as good as the Raiders, questionable with the Chargers, questionable with the Colts, Rams are better. Um, Cowboys are better. 49ers are better. Browns are better. Seahawks. Steelers. Steelers are way better. That's not even like I'm not I'm not even there yet. That's <laughs> of course they are. The the Seahawks with DK and Lockett, it's close. Their top two is better than Green Bay's top two. I know that. Okay, so they're better. All right, let's get to Carolina Panthers, better. Miami Dolphins with Waddle now, probably better. Broncos better. Steelers, like you said, better. I mean, I, I was wrong. I shouldn't have said the middle. Of the, it's the bottom third of the league. That's what it is. It's the bottom third. Shut up, Twitter. You you feel strongly about this. I do, about because once the more you unpack it and think about it, you go, it's absolutely insane that people are even trying to make the argument that it's a special team. It's a special group around him. Bullcrap. During, dur during the break, check your right ear. I think some blood is trickling out of it. I'm not sure that that would be a major cause for concern, though. But uh, you, 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 you turned purple there for a second. <laughs> okay. Bruce Arians wearing a purple <laughs> shirt. We've established Bruce Arians has chameleon powers. Whatever color shirt right. he's wearing is the color. Yeah, you were the color of the bricks uh, for a little bit. You so, know, uh, I, little nothing pisses Christian. me off more when, like, un, <laughs> un, like I don't even know what do I want to say. Like, hate that has no business being thrown in one spot on somebody can piss me off more. Even the people I don't like, if you start to talk like that, I don't care. I'm going to start going, that's wrong. No. I mean, and that's, I just can't take that aspect of it. Like seeing that over the last few days on, even on TV and everything else. You, you made a point that reminds me of an old sports debate from the days when your dad was playing yeah. and it was the Jerry Rice, Joe Montana, who made who, whom, who made whom, I guess, would be the right way to say it if we're being fancy. But, you know, is it Rice? Is it Montana? Montana delivering the ball between the eight and the zero when Rice was in full stride didn't hurt matters. Of course. And, I, and, and as it relates to Rodgers, yeah, Devontae Adams runs down the field and there's the back shoulder throw that is just right there and the defensive back has no chance. You don't have to get open right. if Rodgers trusts you to catch it if he puts it right where it needs to be. So how much of Adams is from Rodgers that, and how much right. would Adams thrive or not thrive with a different quarterback and you know is it a and I don't want to disrespect Devontae Adams yeah but he's if real you good him out right and pop another guy in there does that guy become Devontae Adams I, I don't know about that but I don't think the drop-off would be as like severe as everybody thinks you know receptions fantasy football things like that you know and just all the those stats are make people overvalue players in general. I mean, that's just what happens. But no, to me, of course, Adams is really good. He's a real good route runner. He's not a top five receiver because top five receivers to me are guys that like make defenses have to change and go, wait, we can't play this guy man to man or we can't play these coverages. And that doesn't take place with Devontae Adams. Again, you know, the route running's nice, but it's still all like predicated. Oh, run a slant route. Oh, Rogers throws it right underneath his chin. He gets to run full speed with the quickest release and like 
the the fastest ball thrown through the air. So he's got all that time to catch the ball, accurately react, do all that. Hey, upfield, back shoulder throws like you're talking about. Hey, slant again, slant again, pick play, pick play. Hey, they're starting to get over the slant. Fake the slant. Oh, now he's up the sideline. Let me throw a laser before the safety gets over there. Bam. So, yes, to me, Adam's real good, not top five good, somewhere between six and 12 good, but get looks like he's top five good because he's got a quarterback that's number one good. And that number one good makes number nine look top five to me. That that's that's how I would at least say it in my assessment. Sorry. And this also this also further underscores the chronic failure of the Packers to devote high round picks on receivers, especially a first rounder in last year, the decision to trade up and take Jordan Love when T. Higgins, Michael Pittman, LaVisca Chenault, KJ Hamler, Chase Claypool. Chase, could you imagine uh, Chase Claypool uh, yeah. on the Green Bay Packers with Aaron Rodgers? That that would have been that would have been the game changer. Think about it. I and I, I there's a story out there that's never been reported because Mike Tomlin does a great job of keeping this stuff internal. They didn't use Chase Claypool the way they should have used Chase Claypool. I'm not saying he could have had a Randy Moss type of an impact on the NFL last year if he'd been fully unleashed, but we won't know because he wasn't fully unleashed. Yeah. If he'd have been drafted by the Packers and fully unleashed with Aaron Rodgers as the quarterback, holy crap, Chris. I know. Holy crap. He's 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 a difference maker. I mean, he's a guy, he is a guy that yes, you have to go wait. You know, do we want to play this guy man to man and do this cuz he could run right by us for an 80-yard touchdown, catch a slant, run for 80-yard touchdown. He's, he's a special entity. So I ask you, you heard me, you know, blabber all that stuff and everything. Where do you think it kind of lies with this group? Do you think I'm going too strong by saying my bottom third? Or do you think around the middle of the league is proper? I think when you factor in the quality of the quarterback, it's fair to say bottom third. Because if you took the weapons away from most other teams and put them in Green Bay they'd upgrade when paired with Aaron Rodgers. Right. And we, we we may find out, Jordan Love with those weapons, what it's going to look like, and then Aaron Rodgers with maybe the Broncos' weapons, if that happens, if the Packers decide to trade him. Who knows at this point whether they will. All right, the running backs. They kept Aaron Jones on a long-term deal. They have A.J. Dillon, who was a second-round pick yeah. last year. Yeah. Second-round pick. Right. And Dexter Williams is the other running back Jamal Williams went to Detroit via free agency. Where do they stack up? Where do they fit? Whatever metric you want to say, where are the running backs in comparison to other teams' running backs? I, I, I mean, this first off, like Dylan and Dexter Williams are not really even part of the conversation yet. I mean, what, I don't know what to think of Dylan. All, all 242 yards he had last year running the ball, like so. I, I what, what, you know, yes, I think there's a power element. But I sit here as a group and go, eh, okay. I mean, really, it's just about ranking Aaron Jones. That's really what it's all about. We're talking about one guy. It's one guy that really helps the offense out. And he's – so I guess as a whole, you know, Aaron, I'm going to say top 10-ish. All right? That's, that's about where I'm going to go. Top 10-ish. I don't think Aaron Jones – is a top five running back. I don't know how you feel about that, Mike, but I think we're probably in agreement there. When you break down running backs again, you know, Jones is really good, but I'm not going to put him in the class of Derrick Henry, Dalvin Cook. I'm not going to put him in the class of Nick Nick Chubb. Um, 
Who else am I missing? Um, okay, so yeah, he's he's right around. I'm I'm I feel like I'm missing somebody. Oh, Christian McCaffrey. Oh, Dalvin Cook. Healthy. Did you mention Dalvin? Cook? I did say Dalvin Cook. Okay. Uh, but but okay, so he's around that. Camara. Camara. There is who I'm missing. Right. Sorry. So to me, he's on the outside of that group looking in. He's like a sixth or seventh, eighth the best running back in football. But then the rest of the group itself, I can't sit here and go, oh, they really helped. This is a running back by committee. Phenomenal like the 49ers or the Saints or the Patriots have had over the years. No, not at all. So uh, I, I guess, what I, yeah, I'm going to say top 10-ish as far as the group's concerned. And I think Aaron Jones is on the outside of the top five looking in. What about you? 1,100 rushing yards last year for Jones in 14 games. He averaged 5.5 per carry. He's averaged 5.5 per carry three of his four NFL seasons, which is pretty impressive. 4.6 yards per carry in 2019. He he uh, only had 201 carries, and he had, let me look here, another 30 catches. So, you know, I would expect him to be used more, especially for what they're paying him. Now, I, I'm surprised they paid him what they did because I don't think he was getting that on the open market. No. Remember he decided right. uh, fairly early in the process to stay put. I think it was the day before – was it the day before the market opened where you could call him? It was something as he was getting closer and closer where they decided to keep him, and, and I think he knew what wasn't out there elsewhere. And as we've said before, running backs tend to get big money only from the team that they have played for. Yeah. Rarely, right. rarely do you see a team swoop in – and, and drop a big pile of cash on the table for a guy that, that, that plays that position that hasn't previously played for that team. Jets did it with Le'Veon Bell and proved why maybe you shouldn't. Yeah. So I was a little surprised they kept him. Um, I'd say that they're – yeah, with, you're right. With Dylan, we don't know. Dylan could have become the guy if Aaron Jones had left. You did use a second-round pick on a – why are you using that, – that's what confuses me because there are plenty – you could use the second-round pick on – on a receiver, not a running back. You don't need AJ Dillon when you have Aaron Jones, and and that that's just it's confusing to me. Yeah, because you can find running backs anywhere if you're good at scouting them, and it doesn't take much to scout them. Every team at the college level, yeah. Look got at Aaron one. Jones. Look where they got him. They, I mean, they didn't spend a first or second round pick on Aaron Jones, and look what he's doing for their team. To your point, yes. I'd say they're middle of the pack running backs too. I, right. I you know, maybe a little bit higher than middle of the pack. I got to give I look. You got to give Aaron Jones, Jones has the, the capacity right, right. to have special performances. And there was at one point during the 2019 season where Aaron Rodgers was pushing for Aaron Jones to be an MVP consideration. Right. He tailed off a little bit down the stretch that year, but uh, he had 16 touchdowns rushing in 2019. That's a big year for him. No, um, it is. But, but see, uh, this is where I would argue even with this, right? Like we talked about the receivers. But when teams play Green Bay, the, the mission is stop one thing. It's, it's stop number 12 from dicing you up. Let's play two safeties back. Let's, let's, let's try to disguise like we're in the box to stop the run and then drop back into coverage because Rodgers is going to get them in the right pass play and he's going to pick us apart. So he gets, he gets their offense in these positions to where teams play – pass defense because they're more worried about him and that that lends itself to great running looks for Aaron Jones and company too because like again Green Bay is a good running team but I don't look at it and sit there and go oh this is like a great running team they can impose their physical will on all the great defenses in football no we don't see that 
They kind of feast on the poor. And then when it comes to the really good defenses, they can never really dominate in the run game. It's the same thing. Go through it. Anybody. I challenge you. Last few years, go through the games. Really good defenses, run game disappears. You know, average to below average, oh, Aaron Jones' stats and the run stats are great because they're so worried about having to stop Rodgers in the pass game, it just lends itself to big runs. So uh, that's where I, I argue against, you know, the social media crowd in that department as well. The good news for the Packers, if there is any in this regard, A.J. Dillon was drafted after the second round receivers that I rattled off earlier they could have had in lieu of of Jordan Love so uh, it's not like any of those guys were left when they took Dylan but they still could have had Gabriel Davis in round three who ended up being pretty good for the Bills yeah he did last year he ended up going in round four all right let's move on to the offensive line they made David Bakhtiari the highest paid offensive lineman in league history he was since leapfrogged uh after that but still at the time that was a good contract for him he suffered though the torn acl in practice as we got close to the end of the season elton jenkins at left guard lucas patrick at center replacing Corey lindsley uh, and who knows where that's going to go simon stepaniak at right guard and uh billy turner at right tackle how do we feel about the offensive line uh, this to me is one of the more solid groups on their football team now i mean yeah they're gonna have you know some unproven commodities in the middle like with Corey lindsley last year i would go oh no doubt this is one of the top 10 offensive lines in football now right now at this second you know with bakhtiari coming off the acl injury and all of that you know yeah billy turner's playing right tackle where really he's meant to play guard that's really what he is you know, okay, for sure, top half of football. There's no doubt. Top half of football with maybe potential to even be a little bit better than that. And I will say at the very least, top half of football with maybe the best pass-protecting left tackle in the game. All right, so there's some positives there. But I still will go back to kind of what I said with the running game and Aaron Jones. Like, it's a good group. It's really good. Don't get me wrong. But I don't look at it as going, oh, they're just like – an unstoppable force that will impose its will on great defenses. No, we haven't seen that to any capacity from Green Bay. It always goes back to, uh, they're running the ball, but it they can't really do it against these great defenses. we got to have to do it with Rodgers winning the game. It's going to be interesting to see how they ultimately address the center position. I mean, Lucas is projected to move over. Stepaniak completely unproven sixth round pick in 2020 they're, they're gonna have to tinker some in training camp to get the right mix you know you've got the edges figured out but when you got a pro bowler in Jenkins at left guard uh you leave him there he could go to the middle do you move your right guard to the middle what do you do either way you got a backfill if you move yes. one of your guards and that's a fairly important part of the offensive line because the heat that can come up the middle now Aaron Rodgers can still move but if you get that that high pressure up the middle you got to move a lot more quickly than you otherwise would because it's going to be in your face before you know it. Chris. Yeah, that's right. It affects too many different things when it comes right up in your face. You know, one, you can't see the field as clearly. You can't step into passes that way. You know, balls can be tipped, which, you know, you're throwing a ball over the middle and now you got a big defensive tackle in your face coming up the middle. Ball gets tipped, most likely going to be an interception. You know, there's just more, there, there's less ways to avoid it that way when it's just dominant, dominant up the middle that way. But overall, I mean, listen, I think this is a pretty good unit. Yeah, they got they got some questions and some unproven commodities, but uh, I do look at this as being sur sur surely one of the positive things about the team. And Josh Myers clearly a factor in all of this. He was That's a second-round right. pick out of Ohio State. He yeah. could end up being the center if they're comfortable letting him be 
the week one starter. Either way, you're going to have some unproven guys on the field for the Green Bay Packers in 2021. And the center position, fairly important. Fairly big decision as to what they do, assuming that Aaron Rodgers is there because that's the guy who uh, is making a lot of the calls, adjusting the protection, and keeping Aaron Rodgers from having guys in his face that would uh, force him to run. And, and, hey, we've seen him get injured in the past when you know he holds the ball just a little bit longer to let the guy spring open, and it sets him up for that hit that, uh, you know, as he gets older and older could be a problem. So where do we put them? You you got them top half? Yeah, I'm going to say top half, right. I'm going to say top half, maybe with the potential to be, you know, on the outside of the top five looking in that way. But, yeah, I think that as far as I can go is top half right now. Bakhtari coming off ACL, Billy Turner at right tackle. We're not sure who the center is right now, and you got a new guy playing right guard. Yeah, th- that does not say top five or top ten offensive lineman when you just say it just like that. I'll say top half with that asterisk yeah. because of Bakhtiari's health. Yeah. And, and it is, it's not quite as work in progress as the Steelers that we talked about earlier. Right. But there is that, that, hey, you know, we, we're really not quite sure. And, and that's another reason why Aaron Rodgers, at this point in his career, you, you, you don't embrace the prospect of an offensive line where we're really not sure what it's going to be. All right. The defensive front seven um, with Zadaria Smith and Preston Smith, the big free agent acquisitions from a couple of years ago. Zadarius Smith has done well. Preston Smith has kind of tailed off. You've got Rashawn Gary, who, you know, where does he really fit when you consider what the Smiths do? Uh, and uh, plenty of other guys there. Where do where do we put them in another, comparison? Another confusing to pick, Rashawn Gary. I mean, you, you sign Preston Smith and Zadarius Smith in free agency, and you draft Rashawn Gary in the top ten. They play the same position, so in the middle ish is where I'll put their front seven. In the middle ish, that's that's about where it is. There's only two guys you worry about when you play Green Bay in the front seven. There's two guys. It's Kenny Clark and Zadarius Smith. You know, yes, there's some other good there, but nothing special, right? So that would be the big thing I look at. And, you know, hey, look at, you know, you look at the defense, takeaways, a lot of that, a lot of the times is caused by what? The front seven. Pressure on the quarterback. Hit, hit, the, hit the quarterback as he's throwing. Oh, the pocket's collapsing. He can't throw the ball quite the way he wants to. Errant pass, interception. You know, that speaks to that too there, just that graphic. But yeah, I look at it that way. You said it. Preston Smith was underwhelming last year. Rashawn Gary, they're trying to find a spot. They got a few other guys that, you know, are solid players, but not the difference makers that you look at some of the top defenses in football have. So that's where I just go kind of in the middle-ish. Yeah, I uh, you know, they they gave us that that sense the year that they went out and got the two Smiths. Yeah, 2 years ago, it was more special. Yeah, and it's like, yeah, okay, here we go. Right. Here we go. Let's go. The defense is finally going to be dramatically better. Yes. Until it wasn't. Until until the NFC Championship Both game, NFC 13, Championship games, they've been outclassed. They get just they they well, and remember when Zadarius Smith told us and, and this is a deeper issue that goes to coaching, leadership, and this is where you could arguably pull Aaron Rodgers into the zone of blame. Yeah. When Zadarius Smith tells us candidly, refreshingly, right. but also very troublingly that when they went to San Francisco for the NFC Championship game, we weren't ready to play. And Smith said, I wasn't ready to play. 
how 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 does that happen? You're a, you're a game away from the Super Bowl. How in the you may not be good enough, and somebody's going to win and somebody's going to lose. How in the hell are you not ready to play? And where is Aaron Rodgers in that equation? Because I'll tell you what, the Buccaneers in the 2020 NFC Championship game were damn ready to play. Why? In part because of Tom Brady. And they were damn ready to play against the Chiefs in Super Bowl 55. Why? Because Tom Brady was texting them every damn night, we will win. So th- that's that's something that we'll never really fully, truly know. And I think part of it, too, is it reminds me of when Emmanuel Sanders, I think it was, ended up in Denver with Peyton Manning. Yeah. It may have been and, and said, wow, I didn't realize the difference between Ben Roethlisberger and Peyton Manning until I got a chance to play with Peyton Manning. It may be some of these guys don't understand what it's like to play with Tom Brady until they play with Tom Brady and how he takes over the team and he makes sure everyone's ready to play. Because I guarantee you there there have probably been few playoff games in Tom Brady's career where his teammates would say after the fact, we weren't ready to play. No, I mean, that wouldn't exist. It wouldn't exist. Now, you know, again, yeah, Brady is he's a great leader. He's one of the greatest we've ever seen. There's no doubt about that. But again, too. You know, he was in a spot where he got to grow into that and the culture wasn't all put on him and everything like that. You know, here it just it, it's not the same in Green Bay. That's where it's a little different. You know, and again, you say what you want about the guys being ready and all that. We're talking about the front seven on defense. You know, Brady didn't have to get JPP and Sue and Devin White ready. They're ready. They're ready. You know, obviously there is an issue there with Green Bay. And it shouldn't be on the quarterback. That's extra benefit. Sure, Brady, Brady's de- – I'm not going to argue that. Definitely got an advantage over Aaron Rodgers in that department. Leadership, control of the locker room, the message he you know sends to the world, whatever, all that, totally. Um, but uh, I, I, there's, there's more issues with the team itself that Rodgers has to deal with as compared to Brady. That's where I would say that's a little different for me. Won't it be interesting to see the stories that emerge from the Packers – if and when Rodgers is traded, because I guarantee you once he's gone, there will be a torrent of reports. And and I think it's, it'll be unfair because it it may become a feeding frenzy of all the ways that Rodgers kept the team from being as good as it could have been all coming from the Packers. Once he's traded, once he's no longer there, I expect there will be a ton of news items about the things Rodgers did I'm sure. to keep the team from winning, the things he didn't do that Tom Brady would do to make the team better. I guarantee you that's coming if and when Rodgers is gone. I, right. I would think Real so, quick. yeah. yeah. And I'm surprised it hasn't happened yet. Well, it's the because he's still on the team, yet, but yeah, it's going to be released still, and he's not. Yeah. They're still hoping – to get him to stay on the team. All right, the secondary, Jair Alexander, Kenny King, Eric Stokes, Darnell Savage, Adrian Amos, where do they fit? Well, I listen, I think that's one of them. It's a pretty damn good group. Like, to me, I don't know if I'm going to – I'm going to – top 10 for sure. I'll say that much. I mean, Jair Alexander is a guy we don't really talk about enough. He is one of the best pure cover corners in all of football. Kevin King crapped his bed and crapped down his leg and pissed his bed and down his leg in the NFC Championship game. We know that. But overall, it's a pretty solid player. Three. Yeah, I mean, pretty o- overall, he's got a lot of positives. Safety plays good. You know, so I look at their secondary as being one of the better things about their team. They got a little versatility. They can play man, zone, do all of it. But what we've come to really with all these positions is the Green Bay Packers are – a middle-of-the-road type team 
that we look at and we think they're a Super Bowl contender because of one guy. That's the one thing this exercise has proven to me. And and maybe we'll get to find out what the Packers are like without Aaron Rodgers yeah. and what another team is like. Maybe one of the reasons the Packers don't want to trade him is they don't want it to be exposed. I think that's right now. Yeah. That the cupboard is largely bare for the most part around Aaron Rodgers. All right, let's take a break. Uh, what happened while Chris had his three-day weekend? Cue the hammock, the pina colada, the tan that doesn't match, and uh, maybe the thing that Chris was smoking. We'll do that with PFT Live. <laughs> Continues right after this. Around any corner, within every battle, and with the dawn of each new day, the threat of the unexpected, the unpredictable, and the unrelenting lies in wait. But Marines will always be there. They are the constant in the chaos. No matter the battlefield, Marines adapt to win, defeating every shifting threat, protecting our nation's future. The few, the proud, the Marines. Want to make mom's day? Get to your Nordstrom Rack now and score amazing deals for Mother's Day, which is Sunday, May 12th. Find tons of gifts from only $30 at Nordstrom Rack. Fragrance, jewelry, luxury bags, activewear, beauty, and more. Save on Kate Spade, New York, Stuart Weitzman, and Ted Baker, London. Great brands, great prices. So shop your Nordstrom Rack store today and treat mom to the good stuff from just $30. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Three-day weekend over. Chris pondering his future. Oh, his man. Present. Wish I could go back to that day. On his hammock. I still don't know how you get your legs tan and not your face, but that's a different issue for a different day. Howie Roseman spoke last week about Jalen Hurts, and he said, to summarize, that the Eagles want to go all in and see what Jalen Hurts can do. Grab the job and run with it. And it makes sense. Let's see what the guy has before we decide whether or not he's the future. Give him a chance to become the franchise quarterback. Maybe he is, maybe he isn't. There's only one way to find out. I said the same thing last year about Gardner Minshew. Give him a year. If it works, great. If it doesn't, on to the next guy. Yeah, that's right. I mean, they're 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 in it now, anyways. I mean, they look like they traded away Carson Wentz because of Jalen Hurts. They picked Jalen Hurts in the second round. You know, we saw some things that were positive towards the end of the year with Jalen Hurts. We saw some things that were negative. So it's on the fence. But I think like the potential excites Eagles fans. And yeah, it's worth giving it a go and seeing what he can do and make of it. He's got a lot of characteristics of a starting quarterback. The throwing's got to improve. Uh, and hopefully, you know, the weapons around him have improved to help him out that way too with Devontae Smith and company. And meanwhile, Nick Sirianni, the new head coach of the Eagles, has said that there's competition at every position, including quarterback. But yeah, you know, I, yeah, I, I don't, I don't buy it. I don't buy it that at the end of the day, 
Jalen Hurts is going to lose the starting job to Joe Flacco. Maybe he's going to get pushed, and maybe the idea is that we use Flacco's presence no. and his drive and his history to try to get more out of Hurts. But right. this is about getting Hurts ready to be the guy and finding out, is he the guy? Because the guy that's looming, and we've said it over and over again for the past month and a half, Deshaun Watson is the one to watch in Philadelphia. That's not a name that gets widely attached to the Eagles, and the Eagles are a team that doesn't get widely attached to Deshaun Watson. Watch the Eagles for Deshaun Watson if and when his situation resolves itself and he returns to playing status in the National Football League. All right, let's – oh, one other thing. Carry on Johnson, the Lions running back, second-rounder from 2018, yeah. waived last week after no one wanted to trade for Carry on Johnson. The Eagles claimed him. Chris, you know, I, I don't know who really stands out. Miles Sanders, Boston Scott, they've both done some good things. on Johnson, if he could stay healthy, he could be effective. The issue with him has been a knee that has kept him from being as good as he can be at the NFL level. Yeah, I mean, I get it from their standpoint, taking a shot on this guy. You you know, it's 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 not the greatest group of running backs there in Philadelphia. Miles Sanders has shown us moments, but, hey, his health has been an issue too and staying out there consistently. So improves the room, and maybe you get a diamond in the rough here and, and carry on Johnson, who does get back healthy and back to the guy we saw rookie year where we went, ooh, this guy can be something. When have the Eagles had – got to take a break. But yeah. When have the Eagles had a dominant running back? I remember Wilbert Montgomery when I was a kid. When have they had a guy who was just an ass-kicking, chain-moving running back? Have no, you ever had I mean, a not really that way. I mean, great. there was LaShawn McCoy, right? Like, that that's his uh, – Yeah, yeah, yeah. McCoy, I know, but McCoy, Keith Byers yeah. back in the day. But you're right. They've yeah. never really had that, like, between-the-tackles, workhorse-type guy that, you know, they could play that style of football with. You're right. They really haven't. McCoy's been the best of the past generation, right. but he hasn't been that between the tackles bruiser, Smasher, but he's been very right. good. He's yeah. been very good. And they eventually pulled the plug on him abruptly and that, that uh, it's easy to forget him because they gave up on him while he still had gas in the tank and he ended up in Buffalo. Let's take a break. When we return, a Mother's Day inspired draft, kind of, sort of. We'll do that next here on PFT Live. You know, one of the knee-jerk reactions whenever a camera ends up catching a professional athlete or an athlete at any level is the high mom. And since yesterday was Mother's Day, today's draft is the best mugging for the camera moment, specifically player comments that we will always remember made into a camera. Any place, anytime, anywhere, Chris. Trivia question that I just thought of that I know you will appreciate. In which state... Of the United States of America, did Mother's Day originate? Ooh, what state? I didn't know this. So this originated in a state. Okay. Um, where would is there no logic to this at all? Is it totally like? Is there any? There's a little logic to little it. Little logic There's to it. There's a little it? logic. Yeah, a little bit. A little bit. Okay. All right. I'm gonna say New Jersey since I'm from New Jersey. Yeah. Right idea. Wrong state. It's Connecticut. West Virginia. It's West, it's you. West Virginia. I should have known it comes and back to you. Of course it did. Come back to I you. I was giving you a clue. Well, wait a minute. That's <laughs> the one fact that I know about Mother's Day. Anna Jarvis started Mother's Day in 1907. Within five years, every state was recognizing Mother's Day. So, yes, just up the road, I think it was in Grafton, West Virginia, Anna Jarvis started Mother's Day. So uh, I, try, I tried. I tried. Yeah, that's uh, all right. I, I like it. That was good. That was a you nice close. little personal. Right church, wrong pew. Good. Good. All I right. liked it. All right. Uh, 
the, you know, the, the first one for me, even though it didn't happen anywhere close to a field. Yeah. It, it's got to be. And, and there are like three or four different items from it. We will always be known as the straight cash homie moment from Randy Moss. Let's go ahead and see how much of it we could really and truly appreciate. After he was after he was fined for pretending to moon the crowd at Lambeau Field, he was chased to his truck by reporters and he gave one of the all-time great NFL player sound bites. How do you pay, man? Uh, if you don't write checks, how do you pay these guys? Great cash, homie. <laughs> <laughs> Randy, were you upset about the fight? Nah, because it ain't shit. It ain't nothing but 10 grand. What's yeah. 10 grand? There, there, there's more. There's more. Go to YouTube. There's more. Oh, you want you like that last that last sentence? I like you what like he says lot, at the huh? end. <laughs> I like what he says he's going to do the next time. YouTube.com. That's my pick. I'm going to shut up. You're up. Yep, that's a good one though. I do like that a whole lot. Uh, <laughs> and of course, you went to the Vikings. Good and Randy. Randy's hilarious. Like he really is. I, I just being around him a little bit in my career, I could totally see him pulling off that moment. All right, for me. You know, one of the the uh, one that always jumps out to my brain more than any, right? Just as far as like when I was growing up, the Shannon Sharp on the sidelines in Foxborough against the Patriots, call the National Guard because the Patriots need help. We are what does he say? We're we're killing we the killing the we're Patriots. Killing the Patriots. Send the National Guard. All of that. I mean, that to me was like an unbelievable moment. And I think what also like makes it better was what what happened. Let's see that year. Let's see the, that was the year the Broncos what lost in the to Jacksonville right in the divisional playoff yes. game, upsetting. They were the best team in the league that year. Uh, but that that's a pretty awesome moment by Shannon Sharp. Yeah, that was at the old Patriots Stadium, yep. and he's having fun as they were kicking the crap out of the Patriots that day. And yes, they got stunned by the Jaguars, but then won the next two in a row. I like that one. I like that one. I like that. And that's where I'm going next. Damn, uh, Minnesota Cousins, all over eight, here. Minnesota, eight, he was playing for Washington. <laughs> and uh, that squeaky Peter Brady time to change voice coming off the field. Do we have, here we go. You can hear it again for yourself. Kirk Cousins. We like that. You like that? You like that? You like that? I love it. What a psycho. You like that? Oh, <laughs> uh, awesome. Uh, uh, yeah, that was personal. Yeah. You know, that yeah, was then, like really he, getting some he, demons. He, he tried he tried something like an OOE at one point, too. But the yeah, you like that. Uh, you, you like that is number one. OOE is a far number two for Kirk Cousins. No, that was that was pretty damn special. I mean, that was a pretty cool moment uh, by Kirk Cousins. He's not the kind of guy that shows that type of emotion or yells at a camera or does that type of stuff. Uh, but that was a crucial part of his career. He made a what was that like a last second touchdown pass against the Bucks, right? And some game there. And then uh, you like that ended up to yeah, you like that. You love me. I'm on your team, the Minnesota Vikings. Woo whoop. All right, my next one here, and I don't know if we're gonna have B roll of this one because this is an old NFL Films classic here, right? But I you'll know this one. Anybody that's watched NFL Films or anything, like Lawrence Taylor. On the sideline of a 1984 preseason game, 
You know, the one where he's, it's going down like a bunch of crazed dogs. Have some fun. And, you know, and then he's, they got him mic'd up and he's tackling Kenny O'Brien. He's going, son, y'all got to do better than this. Like all those moments, like a psycho on the sidelines. That was my, even though my dad played for the team, that was my first experience of knowing that my dad's teammate was a psycho. I can still remember being a young kid, like, who is this guy? 56 is amazing. And he yells and does all that stuff. But just like the personality of Lawrence Taylor and going off on the sideline to me is one of those great high mom moments. And that was a preseason game? That was a preseason game. When he said that, we got like a pack of crazed dogs? Preseason game against the Jets. Right. That's how crazy Lawrence Taylor is. So there was a point where the Giants took that game as seriously as the Jets once did. Remember when Rex Ryan put Mark Sanchez back in the game and got him injured? Because they had to have that Snoopy trophy. I know. Yes. Oh, and back in that day, like those are some of my dad's best war stories is like that preseason game number three against the Jets. He hated it because he was like, oh, man, Mark Gastineau and that defense. And it was the first live, like, let's have a real game type of moment. And uh, I think dad's got a few battle scores on his body from some of those preseason games still. Or battle scars. Battle scars, scores, whatever. Speaking of the Jets, <laughs> uh, they know who we mean. Bart Scott ah, talking to Sal Palantonio after damn. a playoff win, getting ready to take on the Patriots back in 2010, a game that the Jets would win. Can't wait, was Bart Scott. Can't I love wait. it. There it is. Can't wait. <laughs> Can't wait. Sal. Can't wait. Sounds like that's it. There's more. You're leaving. That's it. That's good. That's enough. Can't wait. Awesome. Can't wait. That, let's see. Was that the year they went to the Colts, or did they go to the? Was that that was after they beat the Patriots? The Steelers. It was that the was next after they week. beat the Patriots. Yeah, yeah. Can't wait. Can't wait. It would help if I properly knew the context of one of my all-time great quotes. It was after they beat the Patriots. Yeah. Then they went. Then they went to. Uh, yeah, they to uh, beat beat the that. Colts and Peyton Manning beat Brady, and then they couldn't beat Big Ben and company in the the AFC Championship game. Um, all right, my, my last one. I mean, I'm, I'm going to a special moment in the Sims family history. I mean, yes. I mean, you're talking about high mom moments, and my dad did, you know, I'm going to Disney World. He was the first guy ever to do that. I'm going to go to Disney World. Look, there I am. I'm at Disney World. Look at that. Look at that. Hey, Mom, I want to cut the line and go on Space Mountain. The hell with all these people. I want to cut Wait, the line. which one is you? The, the blonde you? on the bottom. The blonde. Yeah. The one that looks like well, who's Phil the other Sims. Kid? He's my who's cousin, the other kid? Josh. Yeah, he's older than me. He's my cousin, Josh. Yeah. Yep. Um, but those are the good old. I think that was Disneyland uh, at this point right here that we ended up going to. But, yeah, pretty awesome. Big Phil got a big paycheck for that. I don't know what he got paid, but... Uh, it was a pretty awesome moment in, in our life. At least. Do you, do you remember what rides, what rides did you go on? Uh, I mean at that, I, I, I think like, you know, what is it? Not splash, uh, the thunder mountain, right? That was like thunder mountain and space mountain. When I was that age, I mean, come on, that was as cool as it got. I mean, I, I was a little too old for just like the, like Mickey Mouse going in a circle or something like that. So I, need I don't know. I picture action. you on the teacups. Yeah. I picture you on the teacups and then stumbling Puking off on and, somebody uh, losing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> hey mom. And then, and then cursing them out for getting in the way of your, uh, never mind. All right, let's take a break. We'll wrap up this Monday edition of PFT live right after this. Oh my gosh. That's crazy. <laughs> Look at dirty Diana. So on June the 6th, Sunday, four weeks from yesterday, Floyd Mayweather is fighting 
Logan Paul, right, YouTuber at Hard Rock Stadium, big, big, big deal, right, pay per view, big deal, right. on the undercard, Chad Johnson. They don't know who he's fighting. We reported last night he declines to fight his former Bengals teammate from one year, Adam Pac-Man Jones. What? He doesn't want any part of Pac-Man. Uh, of course he doesn't. Yeah, because Pac-Man's been in his share of fights before. Nobody wants to mess with Pac-Man. I mean, you saw what he did to the last guy at the Atlanta airport that was heckling him. Guy got knocked out and broke his ankle and fell on it. I mean, damn. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, that's funny. I want to bust on Chad Ochocinco because I know him and he's an awesome guy and he loves to put on a show. Uh, but I wouldn't fight Adam Pac-Man Jones either. And I'm bigger than him and maybe stronger than him, but I ain't still, I'm not messing with him. He will, he will whoop some butt. I first became aware of Pac-Man Jones 17 years ago when he was a young player up the road in Morgantown and got in trouble for getting into a bar fight and hitting a guy with a pool cue. So I don't think there'll be any pool cues in the ring. <laughs> either not. way, Chad making the right decision. They both may end up on the card, obviously fighting okay. others. That's it for today's PFT Live. But with that important news out of the way, see you tomorrow. See ya. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.